Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year has gone by incredibly quickly, but it's always nice to pause and take stock. What's something you're proud of in 2024 so far? What's something you still want to accomplish this year? I know I'm guilty of falling into a routine and not always thinking about the bigger picture, but as the great Ferris Bueller once said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. So it's crucial to take a moment to celebrate your wins and make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you contextualize your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. As you surely know by now, it's not only for people who have experienced major trauma. Therapy is helpful in all kinds of ways, including learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you've been considering trying therapy, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and was specifically designed to be flexible and customizable to your schedule. To get started, just fill out a brief questionnaire that matches you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash film daily. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Thursday, February 17th, 2022. On today's episode of the show, we're going to talk about the latest film and TV news. My name is Ben Pearson. I am an editor at SlashFilm.com, and I am joined on today's episode by Slash Film staff writer BJ Colangelo. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, BJ. How's it going? It's going pretty well. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, thanks. Uh, so let's go ahead and dive right into the news today. Um, there's a couple things that are you know relatively old, like a few days old, and then there's one particular news item that I wanted to talk to you about that uh, actually just broke today. And that let's talk about that one first. That is uh, Brad Bird is going to be making a new movie. It's called Ray Gun, R-A-Y-G-U-N-N. Uh, fun little pun title there. Um, and it's a, uh, it's a sci-fi noir animated movie that he's going to be writing and directing for the folks over at Skydance Animation. So Brad Bird, obviously best known for movies like The Incredibles and The Iron Giant and The Incredibles 2 and Ratatouille. Uh, He's dipped into live action here and there, Mr. Impossible Ghost Protocol, Tomorrowland, but he's returning to animation again for Ray Gunn, which is this movie that he's been trying to get made for like 30 years at this point. Mm -hmm. I think the early 1990s is when 
uh, he and um, his co-writer, uh, Matthew Robbins, uh, originally wrote the script. So um, I think he was trying to get it made at uh, at Turner before that sort of merged with Warner Brothers. And then maybe it might have had a stint at Disney or something. But basically, this project was sort of looked at as like, eh, I don't know if, you know, the, the, from the studio perspective, they were kind of like, I don't really know what this is supposed to be, because the premise of this movie is that it's set in the future and it's going to have like the feel of a 1930s pulp novel. Uh, it was at once described as a melange of Raymond Chandler and Buck Rogers set in a streamlined <laughs> city of the future. So uh, it sounds like a very sort of a visually dynamic landscape that Brad Bird could play in here. Um, are you a fan of Brad's uh, Brad Bird's movies in general? And what do you think about this one? So I'm really excited that this is something that is finally happening. There is a subgenre of films that I hold near and dear to my heart that I like to call like the transitionary films, which are the movies that are not quite for children, not quite adult, like somewhere in the middle, like they're really good bridges between those two worlds. And animation especially is an art form that so many people associate with children because Disney had their renaissance in the 90s. So I love Brad Bird's movies a lot. Like like you look at something like The Iron Giant, and while that is arguably a family film, it's handling some really difficult and deeply traumatic topics. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. anybody can handle the this type of content for an audience that you know might be PG, might be even PG-13, I think Brad Bird is definitely the guy to do it. I mean, even The Incredibles deals with some kind of existential crises, uh, and that's you know a, a, a Disney movie. Yeah. So. I'm really excited for him to do this because I also think that we need to have a pushback and understand that animation is a style and an art form. It is a genre. It doesn't have to be synonymous with content meant for children. Yeah. 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 No, I agree with that. I think, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I forgot to read like the full on plot synopsis of this movie. So just in case anybody's like, wait a second, I've never heard of Ray Gunn before. Uh, like I said, it's set in the future, but there's a world of both humans and aliens. There is a the final the last remaining human private detective. His name is Raymond Gunn, and he's hired <laughs> to investigate the pop singer Venus Envy to find out if she's cheating on her husband. And there's some noir stuff that goes wrong there. Uh, and it sounds like somebody sort of goes on the run. So, yeah, more of like you were mentioning sort of like. Like, uh, I guess on the edge of like, this could be some pretty kind of adult material, but like if you, if you, um, I guess read out the synopsis of, uh, of who killed Roger Rabbit or who framed Roger Rabbit rather, um, you know, that could theoretically sound similar to this. And that movie I think is is squarely in that family, family friendly camp, but it also works really well for people who love genre mashups and and homages and head tips and all that kind of stuff hat tips and all that stuff so uh yeah this could very well be in that sort of same um tonal category i guess so uh i'm excited to see what happens yeah i think that it's a i think that it's a really adventurous thing and i think it's also going to be really fulfilling because he's been trying to get this made for so long and i think we're finally at a point where people are a little bit more understanding and willing to kind of go there with animation so this is you know this is definitely going to be a a love letter to a lot of things from Brad Bird and allow him to really shine. I'm I'm very happy for him. Yeah, definitely. All right. So our next uh, item here is that a Blade Runner sequel series is coming to Amazon Prime Video. I did not really expect this news. Uh, it's called Blade <laughs> Runner 2099 um, because Blade Runner 2049, the movie that came out in 2017, didn't really perform super well at the box office. So I sort of thought like, oh, well, that's the last we're going to see of 
of uh, the Blade Runner franchise, maybe outside of comics or something like that. But um, yeah, there's a new show that is in the works. Ridley Scott is involved. He's going to be executive producing it. There's actually rumors that he may direct it as well, uh, which is kind of exciting for people who love the, the Blade Runner uh, mythos and all of that. Uh, there's no real word about who is going to be involved or anything in terms of like the, the characters or the actors. So we don't know if Harrison Ford is going to come back or anybody like that. Um, but uh, yeah, he's been working on this evidently for a little while now. And Amazon actually just sort of pulled the trigger and said, all right, here's the money to make this thing. Um, so they obviously have a lot of money to burn right now. They're, they are spending insane amounts of money to make this new Lord of the Rings show. Uh, and it sounds like they're trying to expand their horizons a little bit. They've, they've, I think with wheel of time, that's been doing real, really well for them. They've got like Jack Reacher and, uh, uh, or yeah, I think, it, or it's just yeah. called Reacher, excuse me, uh, not Jack Reacher, even though that's the character's name, they've got that. And then like the <laughs> Jack Ryan show. So they, they sort of like are setting up these little, um, these little targets, you know, target different demographics. And I think a, a futuristic sci-fi show like this is something that seems unlike, uh, you know, a, a big branded IP futuristic sci-fi show is something that seems unlike what um, Amazon has done recently anyway. So um, yeah, what, what do you think about a Blade Runner sequel show? Are you a big fan of the Blade Runner movies? I love the Blade Runner movies, both of them. Uh, Blade Runner 2049 was one of my like top tier theatrical experiences because seeing it on a huge screen was just beautiful. I am admittedly very nervous because this is so different than anything that Amazon has done before. And this isn't to say that, you know, that it's guaranteed going to be bad. I'm not going to be one of those people. I just am very hesitant and worried because I've never seen what a Blade Runner story looks like on a smaller screen. I've never seen what it looks like on a TV budget. I mean, obviously, it's going to still have a big budget. You have to for something mm -hmm. like this. But what is that going to do when you have to make it that contained? And uh, I I'm excited for it. Uh, I, I guess excitedly apprehensive is the best way I can describe it. I want it to be good. I really do. I'm just nervous. Yeah, yeah. Um, Silka Louisa is going to be show running this. Um, she, I think, is working on the uh, upcoming Elizabeth Moss show called Shining Girls. It's coming to stars. I watched that trailer and it looks really interesting and really intriguing. So I, I'm mm -hmm. not familiar with her work as a, as a showrunner, um, but she's going to be, yeah, the writer, executive producer, sort of spearheading this thing behind the scenes. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm like you, sort of a little apprehensive, but uh, but undoubtedly curious about what a Blade Runner TV show looks like that, yeah. um, <laughs> that's live action too. So I don't know if I mentioned right, that. But, right, right. Um, okay. So uh, let's see, what what should we talk about next? Um I guess, tell me about the Wonder Twins movie. What's going on there? <laughs> All right. So if you're like me, your memory of the Wonder Twins is probably uh, making fun of them or a joke because uh, Cartoon Network and a bunch of other places have sort of brought back these characters who have existed for a very long time um, within like the comic book world. But uh, the Wonder Twins, you know, the, their powers activate. One can shapeshift into an animal. One can shapeshift into water it's like not the greatest kind of powers that you can have <laughs> um but they are making uh, they're making a movie and it's uh it's i <laughs> it's i'm trying not to too, I think, yes, right? it's going to be live action and 
I don't know. A part of me is like, that's a ridiculous idea. But then the other part of me is like, but if we kind of give it the same sort of energy as something like James Gunn's Peacemaker, I feel like this could really work. Like, don't be afraid to admit that sometimes comic books are really silly and sometimes superhero powers are kind of lame and it's fun to see them try to like tackle the uh, the villains of of the world around them with powers that are not superman and are not batman mm-hmm. um that's really exciting but yeah it's uh it's gonna be coming it's live action um it's gonna come from adam stites uh, i'm pretty sure i just butchered his last name and i apologize but he's you know doing the the upcoming black adam film so it's not coming from some nobodies like it's they're really putting some effort into it and it's really exciting and it's going to be an HBO Max exclusive as part of this, you know, big run they've been doing uh, with all of their, their DC content. And I'm weirdly really excited for it because I can just see this being very fun. Like, I, I don't think anybody needs like a gritty reboot of the wonder twins. I think that is ridiculous, but if you lean into kind of the absurdity of these characters, I think you could have a really fun movie. Yeah, just to sort of give people some idea of like where this writer is coming from in terms of the other stuff that he's worked on. He's made movies or written the screenplays for movies like Due Date and uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Road Chip and uh, <laughs> Rampage, the the rock uh, video game movie from a couple years ago. He wrote the screenplay for Scoob, the animated Scooby-Doo movie. And then as you mentioned, yeah, Black Adam is one that's coming up soon. So he's like, you know, in the DC family already. Um, and he, he has like, yeah, comedic uh, chops, I guess, in the, in, in the past. I mean, none of those movies are like particular favorites for me, um, even though weirdly I was in Due Date uh, back in 2010. I, I was an extra <laughs> in that movie when I first moved to L.A. Um, so I have like a, a, you know, a weird fondness for that movie, even though I don't really think it's very good. Uh, I just had a personal experience with it. But um, yeah, so like, I don't know, I, I, I tend to ever since um, Craig Mazin um, went from the guy who wrote, you know, superhero movie to the person behind HBO's Chernobyl, which I just thought was like an incredible oh, piece of remarkable. television. Um, I was just like, wow, I should really not judge writers based on their prior work because there mm-hmm. is always the opportunity or the, the possibility that they just have a gear that they haven't been uh, given the opportunity to show yet. So mm-hmm. um I think you're right. I think if you take a comedic approach, I, I, I cannot imagine a dead serious version, you know, a Snyderverse version of Wonder Twins. Um, right. But I think if there is a, uh, if, there, if there, this is approached with the right um, level of uh, sort of self-awareness, I think this has the potential to be a lot of fun. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how this goes. HBO Max original. So uh, <laughs> speaking of things that, that look like they're a surprising amount of fun, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Um, did you grow up watching the animated show uh, on the Disney Channel back in the day? Oh, I definitely did. My mom ran a daycare growing up, so I am very well versed in children's media, well beyond the years that I should have been watching children's <laughs> media. But I loved Chippendale Rescue Rangers. I thought it was so fun. I have such an affinity for any of the small woodland like woodland creature uh <laughs> disney <laughs> series um but i i was not expecting this trailer i don't think anybody could have been expecting this because when you say chippendale rescue rangers and the lonely island i think everyone's brain starts to short circuit a little bit <laughs> yeah and and like you know the lonely island has a very um specific brand of comedy 
And a lot of it is, you know, meta and self-aware and uh, very fun and just like uh, overly jokey in a really good way. And mm-hmm. I wasn't quite expecting them to bring like that brand, that very specific brand to this property. I sort of thought they might have to sort of mold to whatever Disney family friendly kind of vibe that Disney Plus is going to do, because I think this movie is being made and is, I think it's going to go directly to Disney Plus. Um, mm-hmm. But it sort of feels like d- the people at Disney were like, yeah, you guys kind of like do your thing here instead of like come over here and do our thing. So uh, this trailer, I <laughs> they're making a sort of, I guess this is largely live action. There's some animation elements. We referenced Roger Rabbit earlier. It kind of has that feel to it a little bit. What did you mm-hmm. think of this trailer, BJ? So I think that it is kind of incredible that they're doing the hybrid approach where there are some aspects of it that are live action, some of it are animation, but not all the animation looks the same, which is even more exciting. There are some characters that are 2D animation, some of them are CGI, some of them look like early, like late 90s, early 2000s video game era uh, mm-hmm. animation. So you're playing with sort of the the entire evolution of animation, which obviously Disney has been a part of, and putting it in a live action world. It's also got a lot of meta humor because like they're acknowledging the Indiana Jones outfit as being an Indiana Jones outfit, which is really funny to me. But everything seems to make a lot of sense in universe and i love the idea of andy samberg and john mulaney voicing chippendale uh that is just very inspired casting in my opinion mm-hmm. i'm just very curious to see how this is going to look uh like the shot of of them riding my little ponies through what looks to be like a like a comic con convention like i did not know how to process it i could not <laughs> believe that this is what i was looking at <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Um, I mean, for all things considered, for these, you know, I think uh, for me, I, I won't speak for you, BJ, but for me, I've, I've, I've sort of over the past, I don't know, let's call it five years, I've become pretty cynical to these uh, Disney remakes where it just feels like they're, you know, uh, scrolling through a filing cabinet saying, what do we have the rights to and mm-hmm. grabbing the file and just like, all right, make this, make this, make this. And, you know, it almost like, it almost... And at certain points feels like they don't really care what the final product is like because the name recognition alone will guarantee a certain amount of money. Um, so I have sort of approached those things accordingly. Like, well, if you're not going to care enough to to put the, the effort in to make this really great, why am I going to be excited about it? But this is one of those things where it feels like it's not just checking a box of resurrecting a familiar franchise. It's actually, there's like a take here on on this material. So Right. Uh, I, I saw see what that is. I saw some early people like, you know, cuz film Twitter going to film Twitter, uh mm-hmm. trying to compare this to Space Jam 2 uh and how it just seemed kind of like Warner Brothers was just doing a Ready Player One version of like look at all of the things in our IP during the mm-hmm. big game. And I don't think that's what this movie is doing because it, yes, in some some ways it feels like Disney is kind of swinging like, look at all these things we own and we can incorporate all of them into the same world because we own everything. And I feel like that's that's a, that's a, an understandable approach to take. But just based on that trailer and seeing how they're all interacting with one another, it feels very much like everyone who was working on this took 
stock and value of who these characters are, why they are important, and why it's important to showcase them. Like they don't feel like filler, and that's really, really exciting to me is to see the the characters all interact and know that there is a purpose behind it. Yeah, a hundred percent. It reminds me a lot of the Lego Movie and what Phil Lord and Chris Miller did with that. Yes, yes, yes. You know, that movie also could have been you know a purely cynical cash grab kind of thing, but it it actually had some real heart behind it. And you know, I think there are um, many different flavors of filmmakers and approaches that you can take to um, ideas like this and stories like this, where you do sort of showcase the corporate wares across whatever story, and it all just comes down to the execution and the heart here and and the. you know, the, the humor, like whether or not it feels uh, in the execution, like the people who are making this actually care about more than just, um, you know, opening up a, 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 a scrapbook of like everything that the studio owns. So if that's <laughs> yeah. the primary uh, goal, then I think the the end result is going to feel stupid and terrible. But um, yes. I think uh, with the Lonely Island behind this, I think we can at least uh, assume that it's not going to be um, it's not going to feel like those other things, the worst version of what this could be. I, I don't know mm-hmm. if this movie is going to be good. It could be like a total disaster, but at least it'll be interesting. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. So our final story today involves, uh, you know, we're talking about animation a little bit, uh, a, a human Looney Tune by the name of John Cena. You also uh. mentioned Peacemaker earlier. Uh, you wrote this article about John Cena joining the cast of a movie called Coyote versus Acme. And I have not had a chance to read this article yet, BJ. So uh, I'm going in this completely cold. What do I need oh, to know? I'm about so that? excited. All right. So obviously, we, at least I hope, all know the story of Wiley Coyote. He is a coyote. He's trying to catch the Roadrunner because he wants to eat that bird meat. And he's not as fast as the Roadrunner. So what does he do? He uses a lot of ridiculous inventions from the Acme company. And they all inevitably blow up in his face. Like that is every single Roadrunner cartoon anyone has ever seen. Uh, Coyote vs. Acme is actually based on a parody piece that was written for The New Yorker in 1990 uh, that reads like a legal briefing of Wiley Coyote suing the Acme company for their defective products. <laughs> They're making a movie out of that. Um, so it is going to be another hybrid film where we're dealing with Wiley Coyote as the animated character in the real world of a legal drama uh, where he's suing this company and John Cena has been cast as the lawyer who is representing the Acme Corporation. Um, I cannot tell you how excited I am for this because not only is it amazing casting to have John Cena play like an evil capitalist defender because that's so kind of opposite of who he is as a person, but James Gunn is producing this movie. So we're getting the reunion of Gunn and Cena in a property that is not, you know, Peacemaker or the Suicide Squad. And it's also now allowing a return for James Gunn to a world similar to like the live action Scooby-Doo movies. This is everything that I could want. Wow. Okay. I didn't realize how close in sort of tone or or concept this was to the Chip and Dale thing, because mm-hmm. it's kind of like there's a lot of opportunities here, I imagine, to bring in other animated characters into this world and maybe like testify on behalf or against uh, the coyote. Um so, I mean, I, I guess that's a, this is all uh, Warner Brothers characters, right? Warner Brothers IP yeah. or whatever. So, um, what do you think this movie is actually going to be about? Well, first of all, have you read that article that uh, that it was based on? I have read the article, and if there are others who would like to do the same, um, I know that Anya Stanley did kind of a breakdown of the article because it is 
hysterical, but it takes itself very seriously. Like it is a crime drama and it just happens to be about a cartoon coyote who gets blown up by like rocket skates all the time (laughs) um so i think that it's going to end up being like a very fun and funny movie i mean we're dealing with literal looney tunes characters like they and john cena who might as well be a cartoon character at this point so we have these big larger than life characters but they're dealing with something that's very serious which is you know holding corporations accountable when they're doing bad business and the acme corporation kind of does some bad business uh, all of their products are faulty and have <laughs> caused great bodily harm to not just wiley coyote but also people like daffy duck uh so you know what maybe it's high tide somebody does take them down <laughs> man i never really thought about that because i haven't watched looney Tunes in forever i mean i was a kid and i didn't fully uh, always grasp like the uh, <laughs> i never thought about it from a corporate perspective how much of it was user error on Wiley e. Coyote's part and how much of it was like defective products, do you think? So uh, that's what's going to be the main conflict of this movie is because if you're going to take down a, co- a corporation and say like, oh, your products are defective, you have to prove that they're defective. You can't uh, just go in there and aimlessly accuse people. You have to be able to prove it. So I did compile a short list of some of the products that Wiley e. Coyote has had uh, ruin him, basically. <laughs> um, so we have things like the Acme uh, detonator. Is this detonator faulty or did he miswire it? Uh, leg muscle vitamins. Um, that one I feel like is a little hard to prove with user error. They either work or they don't. Uh, fleet foot jet propelled tennis shoes. Uh, the do-it-yourself tornado kit. Dehydrated boulders. Disintegrating pistols. Trick bones. Anti-nightmare machines. And rocket powered roller skates. Uh, and this is just a fraction of some of the products that Wiley e. Coyote has used over the years that have all blown up in his face um so i mean i tend to side with the little guy just in general but based on what i've experienced and what i've had firsthand account with i think coyote's got a case here (laughs) well this sounds fantastic i'm actually really excited about this movie now when i didn't even know what it was going into this so hopefully that uh excitement is spilling out among our listeners as well but i hope um, so too (laughs) all right so uh i think that's going to bring us to the end of today's episode bj do you want to tell people where they can find you online before we go Sure. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. It's my handle's my name, at BJ Colangelo. You can find me musing all over Slash Film. And then I also co-host the podcast, This Ends at Prom, which is a coming-of-age podcast analyzing cinema marketed towards teen girls. Awesome. All right. Well, you can find more about all the stories that we mentioned on today's show at SlashFilm.com and linked inside the show notes of this episode. SlashFilm Daily is published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site, You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps, and send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, and mailbag topics to us at peter at slashhelm.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.